Picture this. The Shining Paladin strides across the marshy earth of the swamp, his majestic steps accompanied by the squishing of stinking mud. He takes another step and his feet become mired in the filthy water, and then he sinks beneath the waves, and striding on top of him is the barnacled paladin of the Drowning God. Do you enjoy playing paladins? Do you enjoy drowning paladins? Tonight we'll be discussing both and even talking about a pre-drowned paladin. Cue the music. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're talking about custom paladin oaths. Yeah. So we've got multiple paladins that we've created and they're oaths. One of them is in fact the drowning paladin. Like you do. Now, he isn't drowning, but he's drowning others. And we'll show you guys how to make your own custom oath. But before that, if you could do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe. It helps us get our show in front of more people, and it lets you get notified when more awesome episodes come your way. And it makes you more awesome as well. Sure. Because you're helping us out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Matt, why would we talk about paladins this evening? Well, the first one is... Because people just love to smite stuff. Yeah, it's fun to bash brains in. It's fun to just sword and board it if you're doing that sort of thing. Yeah. It's fun to, again, cast smite and just destroy wicked creatures, right? Sure. Paladins are fun. Yeah. They're they're an evergreen class in they, many ways. Well, they are. They've been in every single iteration of the game and in a lot of the spinoff games. There are versions of them in GURPS. There's versions of them in Pathfinder. They're... They're everywhere. Yes. They're an iconic archetype. It's like playing D&D without a wizard. Something's missing. Sure. What's another reason why? They can play one essential role really well Mm -hmm. and a backup role. So clearly they're a tank class, right? But also they can be backup healers and in a pinch, primary healers. And in another pinch, they can be spellcasters as well. Sure. Particularly in this version. Yeah, And that's a good reason, I'd say as a final note, why you would play a paladin or why they're important is because they can be very customized. Yeah, Not as much as some classes, but they can definitely be customized to the point where they don't look like a paladin. Flavor is very important for them especially, and especially in 5e where it's based off of an oath, not even a specific deity. Yeah, it used to, or it used to be an alignment too. Yeah. Now... We've kind of thrown a lot of alignment out the door, which is fine. Especially for Paladins, because that always drove me crazy. Yeah. Uh, And now they're just very devoted to a particular cause. And whatever that cause happens to be, you build that chassis around it. Absolutely. Which is great. Yeah. I love it. I love this change. How would you start to create a custom Paladin class, Matt? The first thing you have to do is you have to... Decide how you become devoted to a cause. Okay. So how do you create a cause then? Primarily, you're going to have to decide what the thematic gap you're attempting to fill is, right? Because otherwise you could just use one of the devotion or one of the oaths that already exists. Okay. So give me an, uh, give me an example of one. Well, the oath of devotion is a catch-all, right? It is not thematically strong for a lot of options. It is just the oath of devotion to a cause. Right. Eh, it's the vanilla palette. It is. Yeah, but there's a lot of interesting oaths you can come up with 
And once you figure out that cause, you just move along with that, right? So you can find out reasons for joining a particular cause. First off, what's the impetus that would drive a character to this particular oath? Why are they believing in a certain cause? Is there something in their character history? Is there something in the lore of the world? There's lots of different reasons, right? Is this an order of paladins or a personal oath? Because that's a big difference. Yeah. And and I'll give I'll use an example. So if the world has specific deities mm-hmm. and that's something that is a big thing in your character world that you're, you know, putting together for your game. Forgotten Realms is a great example of that. The deities are very busy in the Oh world. yeah, they're, they're stomping around, you know, messing shit up all the time. <laughs> Kicking people over and stuff, sometimes dying. Sure. Poisoning the poisoning the waters of specific rivers and such. Sticking their essences into into what is it? A crown of bones? A crown of horns is what it was. Yeah, yeah Merkel. Yep. Yeah, it's a deep cut, guys. So, if the gods are just roaming around, then you're going to have paladins that are pretty serious about a particular deity. Most but likely, it could be something completely different too. It could just be a very personal reason for your character, and I almost feel that those are more interesting anyway. I agree. I play clerics primarily, and I still agree that for paladins, personal oaths are more interesting. In fact, I would—I just thought of this, and we don't have it written down, but a paladin that hunts clerics. That would be interesting. Because their followers are always meddling and causing problems. Very vengeful. That'd be a good paladin of vengeance right there. Could be but it could be something else. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Or maybe the paladin personally believes that it is the true follower of the particular deity and everyone else is just a bunch of spell slingers that are, you know, guiling their way through. Could be, but I don't know. The Oath of Atheism might be uh, might be fun. Oh, that would be interesting. A lot of arguments on that Oath of Atheism right there. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> One of the things you have to do when creating a new oath, I'm going to get us back on track, is uh, you have to consider the story implications behind the oath. Yes. Right? What drove your character to be a paladin in the first place? Was it a crisis of faith, like as if an issue with their actual church or what have you? Was it direct divine intervention? Did a God just roll up and heal you? Yeah. Or roll up and say, you're going to work for me now. Exactly. Are they seeking vengeance for an attack that killed their family? Or seeking vengeance overall? Yeah. Maybe this was the means to an end as well. And that's something also to think about. It doesn't have to be deity related, but it could just be they chose to be a paladin because this is the means to the end. Absolutely. So that's lots of fun. All right. So you've come up with your idea, your cause, the reason behind all of this. Then you got to create your oath. Right. Now, it's pretty easy to put together, and we've come up with the steps involved for this. The first thing, obviously, pick your theme, right? Premise your theme. Is it emotional-based like vengeance, or is it devotional-based like lighter life? Those are the two choices you pretty much have. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of variations beyond that, but realistically, it splits between those two. Yeah. Are you a vengeful type of paladin, or are you the devotional type of paladin? And that's what it bases off. Then you pick your tenants, and we have how many? Between three and five, realistically. Okay, and that's kind of the directions that the oath is based off of. 
Yes. What this does is it allows you to flesh out what expectations both the player has and the expectations that the world has of the character. Mm -hmm. And I would say that it is fine for the DM to obviously make their own paladin. It's pretty fun. 100%. Flavorful. But I also say you should encourage your own players to make their own. Yes. Because that's also fun. May require a little back and forth between the DM and the players. Sure, just to work the balance out. But there's nothing about these rules that say you can't. And honestly, we maybe spent an hour making these, and they're pretty easy. A little more than that. But yeah. one of the things, if if you have a player making a class or a subclass, always discuss with them that it may be necessary to make adjustments as you go along. Yes. And as long as you've got an open dialogue running and understand that realistically this is supposed to be fun for everybody, it's a non-issue. 100%. One other thing I will say about an oath or a tenant is you should make sure that your oaths and tenants are achievable, but not suffering from... Absolutism. Yeah. Yeah, you you don't want fight evil without ceasing. It sounds good. But you have to take short and long rests, right? Like you, that's not a tenant that's achievable. Unless you really want to throw some moral quandaries in for your paladin. Because for something like that, what happens if someone is only slightly evil or does an evil deed? Does that count against fighting evil at all costs? If so, you may have to 86 that person in your party. Sure. Maybe the ends justify the means. Maybe you have to commit an evil act in order to do the greater good. So you have to think that not it can't be black and white, even with paladins. Right. And it, you have to give them a little bit more leeway. As we used to say in the older versions, lawful good doesn't mean lawful stupid. Exactly. And so many people play it that way. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, sometimes I would say they still do. Now, after your tenants, you get some spells. Right. Uh, for 5e, you get spells at 3, 5, 9, 13, and 17. And these generally or thematically or at least mechanically similar to what you would expect your oath and tenets to be. Right. If you're playing, I don't know, a paladin of mischief. Then sure, you're going to have spells that align with that stuff like minor illusion and what have you. We should have a paladin of mischief, by the way. We should. That would be great. It kind of surprised me we didn't come up with that. I'm actually shocked we did not. That is not on this list tonight. (laughs) But it is now. We could come up with that. After that, Uh, And these could be any spells, right? They should probably be close enough that... Theoretically, they should primarily be divine spells. But... We don't demand that by any stretch. We like breaking or bending the rules a bit. Sure. As long as they fit thematically, and as long as they are not spells that overshadow the rest of the class for any reason. I will agree to that as well. After that, you get some channel divinities. And that's just your, your little flavor bumps. You, you throw out your, your holy symbol or express your devotion in whatever way that you do it. And blam, turn undead or, you know, lightning strikes, whatever it is. And I don't see a lot of hard and fast rules with these in terms of mechanically. No. They're just, they're kind of all over the place for yeah. some of them. A lot of them do have a turn built in, mm-hmm. as long as it's thematically appropriate, but some of them don't even have that. Some of them are just straight-up abilities. Yep. Yeah, which is fine. And then finally, you get your subclass abilities, and sure. that is at four different times, right? So third, mm-hmm. 
seventh, fifteenth, and twentieth. Right. It irritates me a little bit. Not every subclass gets thirds, and I don't agree with that. Even if it's just a small bump, your subclass should get something. Which is kind of yeah. And all of the ones we've created, we all put some thirds in it, which is fine. Right. Like uh, for thirds, you could do a proficiency in a skill, mm-hmm. something otherwise minor, or even like a cantrip. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Seventh is generally like an aura of some sort or some kind of effect, like an at-will effect. And 15th tends towards offensive abilities. It very, throughout most of the subclasses, that tends to be true. But once again, not always. Yeah. And then 20th is something that generally fundamentally links the paladin to their oath, such as transformation. And they're all... Uh, Once again, I think almost all of them are some form of transformation, even if it's just visibly minor, you get a set of abilities. Or embodying like the qualities of your tenant or oath, too. So it might metaphorically, they may not actually transform into something, but they might exhibit qualities from that. And that's a lot of fun, right? Absolutely. That's pretty much it in terms of building your paladin. Short and sweet, right? Sure. Next up, though... We've come up with a couple ideas and builds that we've put together. We've got what, five or six of them. Yeah. And feel free to use these, play around with them, see if they work. They might be crazy. They might be perfect for your game. Sure. But uh, I love the first one because this one is a great example of what we often say. If the storyline doesn't work, but the mechanics work, reskin it. And yes. Matt, you've literally just reskinned a typical paladin. So tell me a bit about the... Oath of the Hope Bringer. I, I like the concept of the Oath of Ancients in that if you read through what their tenets are, it's all about bringing hope to the world and all of that. But it's a very fey kind of Gawain the Green Knight flavor. And if you're not in a world that allows for that, or if you're not playing a game where having a fey tie-in makes a lot of sense, then I think it's perfectly okay to just have literally an Oath of the Hope Bringer Paladin and just remove the the Fae storyline essence out of it. Yeah, just focus on the hope part, right. less on the mystical fairy creatures and such. Yeah. And so this is what it is. So it's just trying to bring hope to places that don't have it and reskinning that whole template. Yeah. And you really don't have to do much. Like we could pick, I don't know. Let's let's use Forgotten Realms as an example. What deity would go with good with this? Lyra, the goddess of joy. Sure, I could see that. Or even uh, what's the uh, what's the unicorn goddess? I can't remember. Maliki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could use either of those. Or even the other uniform unicorn goddess, uh, Larue. Oh, that's right. The goddess of intelligent creatures and outcasts. How and many unicorn goddesses are there in this just- place? <laughs> Theoretically, only two, but eh, who knows? It could crop up everywhere is what it is. Next thing you know, there's just nothing but horses with horns just rolling through the forest. That's how they get you, guys. Yeah, so what we're trying to say is if you want to just take the easy approach, find something that works. A Paladin of Vengeance, reskinning that for some other form of vengeance is totally doable. And there's there's nothing wrong with just reskinning something. If you have something that the mechanics work for and the story doesn't, just restory it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But now we're going to talk about something a little bit more dark and gritty. Oh, dear. I, I've come up <laughs> with a paladin. And, you know, I don't play paladins very often. I'm super aware. But we have I've, the... In, in the 20-odd years <laughs> I've known you, I don't think I've ever seen you play one. I will. I'm going to have to play a drowned paladin because I make that joke so much. But this one's a little bit darker and grittier. It's for the city. It's the Oath of the Dark Knight. All right. Yeah, so we're playing the Batman here. Mm-hmm. And just reskin Batman as a paladin. Sure. It's perfect. So first off, as terms of a descriptor, I would say he's more of like an inquisitor paladin. Right. He's a detective. Exactly. It makes sense. What are the tenets? Seek out and destroy societal corruption. Sure. Hone the mind as well as the body. Absolutely. Solve the unsolvable. Oh, yeah. you got to be the world's greatest detective. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Got to fly around and talk with a gravelly voice like this. Yeah, I'm the paladin. So what spells do you have to work with? Well, third, we'll start with detect poison and disease. Sure. Always useful. Mm-hmm. You might be getting poisoned. You never know. And comprehend languages because you need to read. Well, yeah. I... Got to find clues, right? If If there's a receipt but it's written in a language you can't read, that could be... You know, a little uh, suboptimal. Just not a Blues Clues dog just just wandering around saying, hey, look. <laughs> right. Like a, like a offspring of McGruff the Crime Dog just kind of handing you clues everywhere. No, no. You got to find the stuff on your own. So what do you have for fifth? <laughs> Locate plants or animals because you're going to be locating stuff. Sure. Pass without trace because the Batman. Got to be sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. And I would also say at some point you should probably give a... um bonus to sneaking of some sort and we'll get to that shortly as well sure so next we've got ninth level spells clairvoyance yes yeah, you get your sees it all your security cameras <laughs> yeah counter spell batman's always prepared absolutely okay yeah. i'm with it i'm with it what's for 13 locate creature only makes sense yeah because gotta be able to just, find yeah, yeah you gotta be able to hunt people down and then Stone skin, because you got to be able to take a beating, and it, it would it also it would be great with armor as well. But if you can't use the armor, you still got a little backup, right? Got to have a little backup, absolutely. And then finally, at seventeenth, we have legend lore. Oh yeah, that's basically just like using the back computer. Yes, yeah, you got a little cave where you cast a spell at. <laughs> little butler comes and hands you a glass of tea, tea, sir, and skill empowerment. Because okay. if you're not good at something, you better be right very quickly. If you're not good, just get better. Yeah, there you go. We do have some channel divinities. Absolutely. First one is fear the righteous. Okay. You may use your channel divinity to make a contested intimidation check to any enemy within 60 feet of you when you enter a room or a building mm-hmm. or reveal yourself from hiding. Ron, it's the Batman. Yeah, basically yeah, whenever absolutely. you make an entrance. Yeah. And you must uh and they must beat your role or be frightened of you. That's Makes it. perfect sense. And Batman it, has entered is, the build. That is one hundred percent a Batman ability, right? Drop down from the rafters. Land with your cape swirling around you. I'm Batman. And <laughs> metallic armor everywhere. Yeah, goons running. Absolutely. And then the second is called Great Detective. You okay. may use your channel divinity to gain advantage on any knowledge check you are proficient in. Makes sense. Short and sweet. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to make sure that knowledge check works. Yeah. You got to know things. So now we're going to start with the abilities. What what do we have for third level? 
Uh, we're going to go with a proficiency in either investigation or stealth. So you Makes could either sense. be smart Batman or sneaky Batman. Right. You could probably be both if you try. Depends on what your background was. Yeah. For seven. Aura of conquest. What's that about? So starting at seventh, you constantly emanate a menacing aura when you're not incapacitated. Because the Batman is scary. You sure? This aura extends 10 feet away from you in every direction, but not through total cover. Sure. If a creature is frightened of you, its speed is reduced to zero while in the aura, and that creature takes psychic damage equal to half your paladin level if it starts its turn there, because it's the goddamn Batman. That ties in really nicely with the channel divinity. Yes, as a matter of fact. <laughs> All right. And then at 18th level, it increases to 30 foot. Like Auras do. Yeah, gotcha. like Auras do. So for 15th level... I've titled this, I am the knight. Sure. You take no stealth disadvantages while being in heavy armor and can hide as a bonus action. That's it. Nice. But That's you can wear heavy armor. Sure. And hide. You get the the rogue bonus action. Well, one of the rogue bonus actions. I like that. In full plate. Well, yeah. yeah As you should. You're stomping around in the dark with this. Nah, you don't even hear him. Batman is keen, clever. And for your capstone at 20th level, what you got? World's greatest detective. Naturally. You cannot be surprised and always go first in initiative. Period. Wow. That's, that's it. That's it. That's a lot. Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, that kind of... But it is 20th level. It is 20th. It's a capstone, right? You can't be surprised. Batman's never surprised. Right. And he always goes first because he's always prepared. And usually because he's hidden there making an entrance. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the Oath of the Batman, i.e. the Oath of the Dark Knight. Sure. <laughs> and now for something completely different. All right. Instead of another oath, we've got what, Matt? We've got the question of the week. All right. Switching things up. We're, We're going to mix, yeah, mix try it this up. up a little bit. Yeah, let's mix it up a little bit. What do we got? So spitball a new oath concept for yourself. For me personally. Mm-hmm. What is it and what does the order house look like? So the order house is similar to like the chapter houses where the yeah. paladins go and train and stuff. Um, hmm. Based off of me, mm -hmm. I'll have to be the oath of the yes and. Mm, okay. So- my tenants have always supply some humor in a situation. Okay. It'd be the oath of the improviser, right? Sure. The oath of the yes and. And the chapter houses would be improv comedy clubs. Sure. What about you? It'd be the oath of hospitality. And the chapter houses would be inns and taverns. Yeah. 100%. Holy order of Sizzler Steakhouses. I actually, it's one of the ones I considered writing up because I have an idea that I love. And because, as you know, in games we run, oftentimes the bartender is not to be trifled with. No. In our games, by the way, the bartenders often are ex-adventurers. Right. And it would go great with our episode on creature harvesting as well, because he could cut stuff up. And there's a chef feat. There is. I could totally see a paladin chef. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That would be great. You see? Yeah. 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 He just, he just wears a, uh, a series of metal cutting boards instead of plate mail. <laughs> He just takes one of them off and starts, you know, slicing the monster up. He uses a giant cleaver, a two-handed cleaver as a weapon. That's delightful. I love everything about that. <laughs> so what about you guys? Does anybody out there have an oath that they think would fit them? And if they do, 
what would the organizational house look like? Where do you train or practice or what have you? Yeah, let us know. Hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter. And, of course, you can find us on all the social media channels, but mostly Twitter. Yeah, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also just comment below. That's right. All right, let's get a little bit back to some more interesting oaths and paladins. And you've got one called the Oath of Perfection. Indeed. Now, tell me a little bit about the Oath of Perfection. What is it? What do we think? What's the concept here before we get to the tenets? The, the concept is basically become the best at what you do. Okay. Whatever it is you do. That makes sense. The tenets are perfection is unattainable, but that's no excuse not to train as if it is. <laughs> You're never going to be that good, but you might as well train like you are. Right. I like it. As you learn from others, so too should you teach others that wish to learn. Right? Nobody becomes a master at something by themselves. I like this as well. Without good reason, you should not pass up the chance to inspire others with the spectacle of your prowess. And lastly, basically, pick a thing and become the best at it. You know what I like about this is it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a physical great. Well, you could be the best mathematician paladin that exists, and you should. You could be a sage paladin. A sage paladin. Think about that. That'd be great, right? Yep. You can see him with the chalkboard. Sure. Dusty hands. His eyes are squinting from too many. <laughs> He's teaching. <laughs> oh, captain, my captain, right? Like, it's be great. Socrates. Yeah, that would be. Oh, actually, man. that kind of that kind of works a little because he was a heck of a wrestler too, wasn't he? Socrates Paladin. Yeah, I love. Yeah, he did wrestle, didn't he? <laughs> We've got another concept, man. We got to write that in the book. That's a great NPC right there, like a wrestling coach slash philosopher Paladin. Sure. Oh, that'd be awesome. I love that. All right, let's let's talk about some spells here. What kind of what's what we got at third? At third, we've got. Bless, naturally. Appropriate. And jump. For physicality. Right, because basically, if you're playing the physical side, you want to have a physical option. And if you're playing the mental side, you want an option that also encompasses that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. What about fifth? Enhance ability. So you're good at whatever. Right. And gift of gab. Now that's interesting. So you now have some social aspects to mess around with as well. Exactly, because if you chose the deception or sage, <laughs> yeah, charlatan, I'm the best charlatan, a charlatan palette. Oh, <laughs> you could be anything with this. Yes. This is great. I could see this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Continue. This is. You could have an entire group of these and oh. no two characters be anything alike. My brain is just spinning all kinds of like character concepts. What you guys don't see is a. Inside my head, this world is slowly building, and it's just paladin, 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 and they're all different. It's like the multiverse of madness, but with paladins. Oh. Ninth level, what do we got? Haste. Uh-huh. Going back to the physical side. And motivational speech. Oh, yeah. Because one of the things, one of the tenets is to motivate be others. able to teach others. Right. Sure. That makes sense. Thirteenth. Freedom of movement. So that nobody can stop you from doing whatever it is you do. Oh, I see now. Okay. That makes perfect sense. And ego whip. Because there are few things as embarrassing as getting shown up in a physical combat by a sage. 
get browbeat, literally. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, that's it's great. What's the seventeenth set of ability uh, spells? Circle of power mm-hmm. and skill empowerment. That you're better at skills. Yes. Simple as that. Well-rounded as well. Very versatile paladin, by the way. Not a one-trick pony, this guy. No, no. Well, you know, the whole object is you, you have to provide enough options so that it fits the theme for this particular one. The theme is that there's no theme. That makes sense. All right, what do we got next? We have some channel, channel divinity. Okay. What's your channel divinity? The first one is unshakable faith. As a reaction... You use channel divinity to re-roll a skill check. Because you're good at what you do. Sure. The second one is display of skill. Make a skill check with a skill that you have expertise in, and all enemies within 30 feet must make a contested roll. Hmm. Using that skill. Oh, using the skill that you used? Uh-huh. In, so if they don't have that skill... Uh, better kinda, roll well. Kind of shit out of luck, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any enemy that fails to match or beat you is under the effects of Bane until they can succeed a charisma save at the end of each of their turns or one minute. I am the best chess master. I am the chess master paladin. It's demoralization. I just... I make a move, and they're like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do. And they try to make a move, and then they fail because no one took chess. Picture the dance battle in Guardians of the Galaxy. <gasps> a dancing paladin. But you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, anybody that's, dance off. Yeah, anybody that's not on the same level that this guy's at is just so confused. The wizard cast mirror image on the paladin. <laughs> oh, sure. Why not, right? Like, he just has a dance off, and you just see, like, a wall of... Paladins dancing, like some 70s music kicking in. There's a there's a floating globe somewhere. Yeah, a little disco ball action. Yeah, you got to, man. And the and the big bad's like, I don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know what's going on. And he clubs him with a mace. But I feel <laughs> as if I've lost. <laughs> yeah, you get demoralized and you get beat physically. I love it. It's great. Uh, okay, so we've got some abilities at 3rd, 7th, 15th, and 20th. What's sure. the 3rd level ability? Well, you get expertise in one skill, because if you didn't, then the display of skill wouldn't make much sense. That makes sense. And seventh? <laughs> you get expertise in a second skill. Mm. So chess and checkers. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Master of games. Fifteenth? Fifteenth is reliable talent, basically, from the rogue. You cannot roll below a 10 in any skill with which you have expertise. However, you may also grant proficiency in one of your expertise skills to up to your charisma modifier and allies that are within 30 feet of you. So if you really need to deactivate the bomb, everybody gets a chance. Everybody gets a chance <laughs> Absolutely. and aids you. I love that. What's your paragon ability? Always roll with advantage on any skill you have expertise in. Also, once per long rest, you can choose to roll a 20 on any one skill check that you have expertise in. It's almost guaranteed a... Uh... All right, this is going to be tough. Roll it. I rolled a 20. I did. I did today. I, I, I did. This is my roll of 20 today. Yep. Yeah. No, I can see that. You know what else I can see is a uh, diviner wizard along for the ride with that and being like, yep. 
And he also rolled another 20. Sure. All the 20. Multiple 20s. they get that ability. Cool. So that is the Oath of Perfection. Absolutely. Your next one, however, is a little different. You've got an Oath of the Dreamer. Yes, this is my Dream Night concept. And we've talked about this before, but the Plane of Dreams doesn't really get a lot of love. Kind of been nerfed a little bit in this edition. And I, I want to bring some stuff back from that. And so this is one of them, a Dream Night. Okay. And it is the knight who helps others with their dreams or inspires dreams. Okay. It's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. So the tenets are create, maintain dreams, and protect the dreamers. Makes sense. Seek out and destroy those who actively attempt to crush the dreams of others. Nice. Say so I like it. This could be, I mean, this could be literally crushing the dreams of others, like stopping people from dreaming, like in Dark City. Not Dark City, uh, City of Lost Children. Or just jackholes that literally just walk up to people and be like, oh, you're practicing the violin? You suck. You're yeah, terrible people. You should stop. Or people that are physically holding people back like bad rulers and despots and stuff yeah. like that. Tyrants. Yeah. This is very much more less cleric, more bardy in terms of flavor-wise. I can see that because it's more about inspiration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I would also say, like, finally, you would want to uh, inspire dreams and those that dream so inspiring others is a big thing as well much like your uh the oath of perfection now onto the spells of course so what do you have at third we have silent image okay the ability to make whatever up and unseen servant i can i can see where that actually would be helpful i just coming right spitball this if you come up to a kid who he's got a half-whittled object, but he's sitting there mucking out stables, what he dreams of doing is clearly whittling, whittling or making art, right, carving, and what he's currently doing is mucking out, stable. is mucking out stables. So you come along with your unseen, unseen servant, servant, mucked stables out. Yep, mm-hmm. and he gets to sit there and just work on. What he dreams of doing. The goddess of dreams blesses you, and he walks off. Yep. Strides into the night. He's got a silent image, so he's he's obviously, he's got glitter all over him. Sure. Because he's an entertainer. Glitter into the air. So what do you have for fifth? Nathair's Mischief. Sure. And Misty Step. I like Nathair's Mischief because it's got a bunch of different effects in the way that dreams can be really random. Yes. So that, I, I dig that. And Misty Step, because sometimes you got to take a step, right? Yeah. And this isn't as robust as the usual Paladin, although they could be. But I would assume they probably have more charisma than strength. Sure. But, man, Misty Step is really tactical. Oh, yeah. just Just roll up and bash somebody's brains in and just move away like a dream. Yeah. Just pop up to the top of a building. 100%. Ninth level, we have Catnap. Mm-hmm. Help people sleep. Yeah. And Major Image. Once again, makes sense to me. Thirteenth. We got the fun stuff now. We've got Hallucinatory Terrain. Once again. Phantasmal Killer. Ah, to punish the people. Who yes. Are, I like it. And then finally, for 17th, we have Dream. Which you, you have to. Yeah, and Mislead. I like both of those. I feel like uh, if we hadn't put Dream on the list, that would have been 
nearly unforgivable. Yeah, that would kind of <laughs> suck. So we also have a couple of channel divinities here. What you got? We have sleep as per the spell, but it's touch. Okay. So you just channel divinity, touch the person, time to sleep. Bam, they're asleep. And then as another channel divinity, you can inspire. All allies within 60 feet gain a 1d6 on one attack, a save or a skill up to a minute. Nice. So kind of like bardic inspiration, mm-hmm. but area effect and just the ones. It's a divine plus. inspiration yeah. effect. And that's Very it. Very cool. Next, I guess we've got abilities. So what do you have for third? At third, we have resistance to psychic damage. Right. You are Nightmares following, and, yeah, sure. following the deity of dreams, right? Uh, at seventh, we have aura of lucidity. All allies within 10 feet get advantage against fear and charm effects. And then at 18th, it extends, of course, to 30 feet. Nice. And I get it, right? Because most fear and charm effects are something that wind their way into the mine. Yep. So it's very fitting in terms of thematics as well. What do you have for 15th? Dream of the Blue Veil. Oh, okay. So we're traveling between worlds now. Once per day. Sure. Now, it may not work very well in some campaigns because it's, it's... going from one game world to the next but if you're plane hopping or whatever or i would even say it would apply to the one game world so if you're on the forgotten realms or orth or whatever like that you could travel to another place on the same world use it as like a teleport there isn't dream travel right and so this is kind of the dream travel version and so i would say you know it's 15th level sure you get dream travel once per day right and how cool would that be as a paladin of dreams where you show up where you're needed? I will say the campaign that I would play this in would be a Spelljammer campaign. Oh, that would be ridiculous. World to world, baby. Yeah, that'd be easy. You don't have to worry about roaming the, roaming the planes on that. You just, okay, guys, here, everybody take your nighttime tea. It's time <laughs> to go. It's we got to go wreck some stuff. Hop in the dream taxi. Yeah, yeah, be great. And then at 20th level, you embody the hopes and dreams of all sleeping creatures. And as a result, for one minute a day, you gain the following abilities. This is kind of like dream incarnation, right? Sure. Uh, resistance to your choice of whatever. Once You can choose one. Resistance per round? Yeah, one resistance per round. So physical, acid, fire, thunder, necrotic, radiant, or lightning. Basically, Pick an energy type for that round. You're resistant to it. Next round, you can choose the same thing or choose a different one. Nice. Again, because like reality revision from the old school ability, the psionic, you just, I choose not to be affected by this. Teleport once per round, 60 foot is a free action. You do that whole like stutter stop that happens in dreams sometimes. Exactly. That's exactly where we're going here. And then each round, choose one hostile within 10 feet of you. That creature gets disadvantage on one roll, save, or skill until the beginning of your next turn. Nice. in dreams, you're not always as good as you thought you were. Okay. This is something we haven't really discussed, but I want to bring it up, especially for this one. We mentioned that the Embody doesn't necessarily have to have a physical change. Mm -hmm. But if it were going to, what would yours be for this? Slightly insubstantial. Mm-hmm. And I would say you don't have a face. Because in dreams, yeah. you never really see a lot of the faces a lot of times. Unless it's like a loved one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're kind of like this 
every man or every woman, right? This this generic yeah. person. You kind of gain that insubstantiality or even maybe take different forms every so often. Mm, I like, like the form too. constantly shifts like dreams do. I also like the idea of like an iridescent haze. Yeah. Like you're kind of backlit with an iridescent haze. Much like the plane of dreams. Yeah. So that is the oath of the dreaming, right? Yep. I like it. We've also got the oath of erudition. So tell me about this. This is a very smartly done, I might say, as a pun. I see what you did there. Yes. Indiana Jones as a paladin. So this is a paladin that protects scholars. Either protects scholars or protects knowledge or even just seeks out knowledge because you're trying to learn also. You're not just the bodyguard. You're also a student. Mm -hmm. The tenants are going to be strive to become the most knowledgeable, right? You, you are seeking erudition. You protect knowledge at all costs. So I could imagine a place like Candlekeep having some of these. Oh, this would be great in Candlekeep, yeah. You protect people seeking knowledge. So maybe you do do like bodyguarding for archaeologists or scholars or wizards, anthropologists, whatever. Dr. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Dr. Jones could have used one. Yeah. This is a really flavorful idea in terms of the adventurers are always going into deep, dark places. And so you've got a paladin that protects those who seek knowledge in the deep, dark places, which is kind of cool. Right. Now, you've got some spells which also kind of fit thematically with this whole motif. Uh, let's talk about the third level spells. What do we got? Well, you have shield. Uh, seems appropriate. Also, tensor's floating disc. Oh, so you could uh, carry all the treasure back. Not just treasure, but delicate things. Because it's not getting bumped along the ground or anything like that, it levitates. That's a good point. So if you've got pottery or something that might otherwise be prone to breaking, no, 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 we float that. Yeah, I love that. What about fifth? Fine traps. Yep. That's no explanation needed for that. Yep. Hold person. Oh, to deal with any, any issues. Exactly. And then you just chuck them on the trap. Um, <laughs> what do we have for ninth? Because this doesn't require you to be a good guy. That's a good point, yeah. Intellect fortress. To protect yourself from mind flares. Yeah. And or and things that like mind flares. Yep. Remove curse. Also very important when you're delving into strange sarcophagi and such. Absolutely, because this is cursed, that's cursed, everything's cursed. Yeah, not any longer. Thirteenth, <laughs> what do we got? These are fourth-level spells now. Yeah. Odaluke's Resilient Sphere. Very handy in minis, either for a monster or for you. Yeah. some Man, sometimes you need the gerbil ball. Yeah. <laughs> the gerbil ball. That's what we're going to recall. Yeah, we're just going to call it. You know, when something's falling on you, gerbil ball it. Yep. There's, there's no beating that. And the next one? Stone Shape. Interesting. And yet fitting. Once again, delving in ruins. Looking at stuff. You can bypass traps with it. You can make small bridges with it, which would at least give you a foothold, right? Like there's a lot of options that that provides you with if you use it intelligently, which sure. is kind of this guy's whole shtick. And now for your fists at 17th? Banishing smite so that you've always got it on tap. Yeah. 
hit that demon once and he's gone. And legend lore. Because you need to know stuff. Yeah. Because finding this super rare Nuna does you no good if there's not something around it to give you some clues as to its purpose or what it is or who made it. This Nuna is the Sun Ender. The <laughs> Sun Ender Nuna. Do not remove the Nuna from the pillar. <laughs> yes. You must use AAA batteries for this Nuna in order for it to work. Ages three and up. Cool. We've got some channel divinities. One is shield other. As a reaction, you can cast a shield spell on another person. That's very handy because you're protecting squishy scribes and archaeologists and such. Absolutely. And the next one is book warden. Tell me about that. You can extinguish all non-magical flames within 120 feet. Oh, so the library doesn't burn down. Exactly. Or if you need to kill the lights. Yep. Handy indeed. We've got some abilities. Let's talk about these abilities. So for third level, the, the idea behind this is basically king mind, right? You get the memorization. You get the knowing what time it is, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. all of which are important. You do not get the stat bump. So just the keen mind abilities, but not the stat. Correct. Okay, that's cool. Still very useful, by the way, thematically and just from a mechanics for playing. Absolutely. At seventh level, ritual caster. Wizard. Because erudition, right? You study, you learn things. And I feel like that makes perfect sense. And there's a lot of really good ritual spells that would benefit for a paladin. Sure. Especially like downtime stuff, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes you just want to sleep safely. Yeah. For 15th level, formulaic knowledge. Due to your diligent work with scholars across a variety of fields and specialties, you gain the ability to read any magical scroll from any class. That's powerful and handy right there. And the good thing about that as, as a skill or uh, as an ability is, while it can be a a very powerful ability. You still got to buy the scrolls. Right. Or find them. The availability of scrolls is determined by your DM. Yeah. And so if it balances a little too far one way, you can just lower the availability of scrolls or vice versa. But this also increases the kind of versatility of this Paladin Oath as well, because maybe you're with a party that doesn't have a lot of really boss healing. Now, right. paladins can heal, but they don't always have all the healing spells. Right. Now you got one. Maybe you need a rogue in this case. Well, get a couple scrolls of uh, open lock. Yeah, knock, yeah. Yeah, there you go. What's your, uh, what's your capstone ability, 20th? Forewarned is forearmed. Transform for one minute into an angel of knowledge. Dusty wings of ancient scrolls sprout from your back and your skin takes on the qualities of thick leather or vellum, you gain the following. Resistance against physical damage. Because you're a book. Right. Each round, you can grant your charisma bonus to an ally as an AC bonus. That's handy. And each round, you can choose to suppress one resistance or immunity of a target creature. Now that's very useful. 
because you've got the knowledge. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. It's like the concept of Wolvesbane, right? Is, oh, you're, you're immune to any weapon that's not silver? And what, a, and what a great capstone ability, right? Yep. It's only for a minute a day. Yeah. And you really got to kill that dragon? Well, here you go. Oh, it's a fire dragon. He's immune to fire. Not anymore. <laughs> Turn into an angel book. Or, you know. Reading Rainbow Song starts playing. I can't see anything. Just start whooping ass. Your your Tempest Sorcerer is over there just like throwing a tantrum because it turns out it's a blue dragon. And you're like, it was a blue dragon. Not, Not any longer, my friends. Now it's, <laughs> it's going to be chopped up by the Paladin of Sheffery. All right. So we have come to your baby. Yeah. This is the running joke for the last, I don't know, 30 episodes. Sure. The paladin always drowns. We've decided that we're going to make a paladin that drowns others. Yeah. And so we have come to the Oath of the Drowning Waters. All right. Now, this would be perfect as Umberly, Forgotten Realms. Sure. And, I don't know, other underwater goddesses or goddess. Neptune, if you're doing, you know. Sure. A water, just a uh, water elemental deity. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, what is it, Merids? Yeah. This would be fine, too, if you have merit as a patron, stuff like that. So the tenants, mm-hmm. very simple tenant, it's one. Okay. Drown people. That's it. Receive the blessing of her underwater majesty. Now, doesn't mean you have to die, but you have to drown. Okay. Shove them under the water for a little while, and they drown. You revive them up. Okay. So you can't, you, do, you know, you could resuscitate them. Sure. They have to drown. What, what are the spells you get? Arms of Hadar. Little tentacle action. Yeah. Create or destroy water. <laughs> that's that's terrible <laughs> phrasing, sir, but I'm gonna let you have it. Hey, look, it is what it is, right? And create or destroy water. That makes perfect sense. That's very thematic. And the uh the wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man, arms of hate are also very appropriate. Yeah. I like it. And if there's no body of water hand- handy, you just summon water in a barrel and then drown somebody in it. Yes. There you go. The better to drown you, my friend. What do you got for fifth, man? Argery. It's a little wheel of woe action. Sure. Which traditional scrying was in was like a bucket. Mm-hmm. And old person. That way you can push him off the boat. Absolutely. Now I'm with it. <laughs> you know where I'm going with oh, this. Yeah. So for ninth level. Tidal wave. Naturally. And by the way, you can create this anywhere. Oh, I know. Which is awesome. You imagine like on a dusty plane, this bar- this guy with barnacle armor rolls up and just tidal waves somebody and drowns them in it. Absolutely. Oh, I'm totally That's... playing this next game. It's be great. And water walk. Because why wouldn't you? Why would you got to, man? He's already had the blessing. He can walk on water. 13th level. Conjure minor elementals. I'm assuming these are going to be water. They're all going to be water. Yeah. I would, I would, spe- I would specify water only. I might would allow fire for one reason. So you could put them out? No. No? No. To destroy a ship with a bunch of people on it. So that they would drown. So that they all drown. Receive the blessing. Yeah, I'm down with that too. All right, we'll, we'll allow any elementals because it could be useful. Sure. And then watery sphere. It's on the tin. Yeah. You're gonna <laughs> it drown is somebody. what it is. It's going to drown somebody. All right, what do you have for 17th? Awaken. Okay. Intelligent sharks. Or colossal squids. Colossal squid, Humboldt squids that are intelligent. They're doing calculus and they've got a, a day job now. 
Think about that. A little tie, a little power tie. Yeah. And then finally, Maelstrom. Sure. But, I mean, it, look, this is a one trick pony. Not, right? Yeah, it's short and sweet, right? Got to keep that flavor going. What do, we, what do we have for channel divinities? We've got two uh, abilities. The first one is Drowning Touch. Deal five plus your paladin level in damage as pressurized water fills your lungs. You just touch them. Yeah. yeah. As they start drowning. And then Castigate the Unworthy. Channel divinity to cause one creature to will save or sink. Okay. So if they're on water, they just... Yeah. Or if they're in squishy mud like the paladin from earlier in the episode here. Yeah. Get a little swamp paladin. Yeah. Step on his face and continue on walking on the water of the swamp. So what do we have for abilities here? At third level, we have cantrip, shape water, and water breathing. Yeah. The paladin of the drowning goddess should be able to breathe water at some point. 100%. Although it would be ironic if he too drowned. If they couldn't. I'd be fine with that as well, honestly. At seventh level, you get the aura of water breathing. You've now bestowed your blessing upon others. Sure. And I don't know why he's starting to talk like a pirate, but I could see a nice tricorn Oh, really? Hat. You don't know why? Yeah, you be the paladin <laughs> of the drowning goddess. At 15th level, drowning glance. Okay. Get back a third edition thing. Uh, charisma bonus per day. Make a con save or receive one point of exhaustion. Or you could blow all of your charisma point bonuses and do however many levels of exhaustion. Which, yes, if you look up exhaustion levels, that's that, nasty. That is that is brutal. So take typical charisma bonus of 20. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's a plus five. That's one step from dead. One step from dead. Yeah, they are not moving. Got minuses on everything. And if you just happen to have an ability that gives you a 22 charisma, then that's... You know, finger of death, basically, for the paladin. Yeah. But at 15th level, that's not unrealistic. And also... Wizards have to disintegrate. Yeah. And Revivify is a third. Like, it... Yeah, so if you die, they can be brought back, right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's nasty, but not horrible. It's not overpowered. It's, but it is rude. And it's very thematic. Honestly, Revivify would be cheaper than... The, the major restores to get rid of the exhaustion in the fight. Oh, so just kill him and bring him back? I mean, I would approve of that as well. Uh, no, no, you need to finish drowning him. That's too expensive. Yeah, just finish the job. Just hold him under for a few more seconds. What do you what do you have for 20th, man? The 20th, I figured the capstone ability for the paladin of the drowned goddess, you become a were-shark. I'm with it. That's it. Yeah. You You're a were-shark now. I think if we wrote it up, we'd write it up properly. You're You're permanently... A wear shark. Yes. Oh, yeah. Your tricorn hat now has a toothy maw attached to it as well. Yeah. You got fins. Maybe a pig leg. Who knows? What type of shark would you want? I'm thinking tiger shark myself. A great white would be fine, too, but I'm thinking tiger shark. There's just, there's part of Cause, me. Cause just because of the face, the tiger shark face. Yeah. It kind of looks like he's he's slightly amused by everything. Yeah, he's got that, like, that weird looking look. That, like, one eye is a little bit bulging. I, I would want to go... Just like let's add horror to horror. I want to go goblin shark. Goblin shark. Oh, that would be nice. Just that mouth, that gnarly. You know, it also be funny as well. What's that? Would be a hammerhead. Yeah, I I did think about hammerhead. That would be that would be very like quintessential drowning goddess paladin right there. Sure. 
and his eyes can look in different directions. So there you have it. Several oaths for paladins that you can use in your TTRPG of choice. Yeah. Short and sweet, teach you how to make them. You can use these as well. Lots of fun. And as you can see, any type of oath can easily become a nice little paladin subclass. Absolutely. Any questions or comments? Hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. There you go. We'll be there. We'll be there. Do you like our show? Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, and Twitch. And if you could do us a favor, click the five stars, give us a review on iTunes and Podchaser, on YouTube, give us a like, a subscribe, click the bell for notifications so that you'll know when a new episode comes out. And it also helps get our show in front of more people. And it feeds the hungry algorithm. Hungry algorithm is that where shark paladin is about to step on you into the muck. Stride across the water. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the mighty D20. Don't we love that guy? Sure. This is a subterranean production.